0: broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida. It's time for Pensacola Business
1: Radio now. Here are your Business Radio X host.
0: Hey, good morning everybody. Keith over here broadcasting live from downtown Pensacola and do I have a show for you. I am surrounded by the Godfather himself. Mr. Stanley Harper. Dr.
1: Stanley Harper. (laughs) They call me everything, Keith. That's it. I got a lot of job titles. Conflict Resolution Specialist, I guess. Yes. We'll we'll stick with that for today. Just for today.
0: Specialist. And then, then, uh, uh, Mr. Jackson, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All the way over from Alabama. Yeah. So, uh, for those that don't know who you are and what you do,
2: can we have the 30-second speech? Yeah. (laughs) I I, heard uh, you were good at those. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, am CEO and chairman of a global teleconference company, Morrison Conferencing, that does teleconference services Mm -hmm. in 65 countries. And we have been doing, I founded the company back in 1996, so quite a while. Mm -hmm. But a few years ago, I also received a diplomatic appointment from Japan. I serve as Honorary Consul General of Japan for the state of Alabama Mm -hmm. and do a lot of work here in Northwest Florida with Stan uh, over the last last five years. Five Five years we've started doing that. Yeah. And when you look at combining your business career and diplomatic career, it opens up some really interesting opportunities to come down to Pensacola and get on a radio show on a Monday morning.
0: Yeah. And play some yeah. guitar. There hang out go. for a little while. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So in that role, is it? it's all about relationships, isn't it? Very much. Yeah.
2: yeah I, look, I live by a credo, and that is a smart man knows everything, but a wise man knows everybody. That works, out. Huh? works out for me. Connecting
0: dots, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, connect this dot for me then. I want to know how you found out that you were a descendant of King Henry the Eighth.
2: Oh, that was that was really really, and it wasn't something I found out early on. Mm-hmm. It was only in about the last ten years. Uh, There's a cousin uh, on the parent side mm-hmm. who just started doing all kind of research when this Ancestry. dot thing came out, and then got off of that and did his own research. Actually, has gone back even several generations prior to Henry the Eighth. But yeah. Um, and the interesting part about that, this guy named John Parrott, mm-hmm. who um, we came through, was actually dispatched to be the ambassador for the king to Ireland. Okay. Now, you sit and watch this whole family lineage leave England and come across to um, North Carolina, work their way down to northeast Alabama, settle down into central Alabama. And throughout all that time, there's never been any intermarriage or any marriage mm-hmm. with the Irish me. until I me mean, yes i married <laughs> a girl we have two red-headed blue-eyed boys mm-hmm. and her family are descendants of the cork clan as well as uh some uh, some families up in altram county which mm-hmm. is now in northern ireland but yeah that's uh the redheads have not entered back into the uh,
0: into the, the, into family the bloodline, line huh? exactly yeah exactly right so does that entitle you to any like crown jewels or anything no 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 no, no,
2: no. It's, but, and here's what's really interesting Stateside, that makes some really big news. But in England, they know. They're he. like, yeah, whatever. He was non-selective and very prolific. Sure. That's right. Sure. I mean, we, we've all heard the stories. So, uh,
0: Well, that's very cool. A uh, fun little fact to, about you, for sure. Um, uh, so as I'm reading through your bio and as we've been talking uh, before the show, you talked about the teleconference and being in 65 countries and global. So for a fellow entrepreneur, I like to think of like, how does your mind shift from selling to the neighbor to selling to... 65 countries.
2: Oh, it, it was really interesting. It was about in about 2000, 2001. Um, we started seeing some real price erosion stateside. Mm-hmm. And I looked at our customer base and we had some customers that we were only doing business with in the United States. And the reason why is because there was no cohesive, true global conference call service. Sure, you get in a conference call from France Mm -hmm. that was U.S. based, but you had to dial a U.S. number. So you've got not only your conferencing services cost, Mm -hmm. but your dollar plus a minute international long distance service. So sat down with a couple of long distance providers in England and one that was doing some international toll-free services, which at the time you couldn't take a French a uh, French toll-free number mm-hmm. and terminate it in the States. We worked through this company in England to get that done and we built out this global network so that if you're in France, England, um, South Africa, mm-hmm. Japan, it's all a local call on a global conference call. And so then you take your costs way, way, way down. Yeah. And we started finding out where is the best market to enter. And the best market was in England for our first customer. Yeah. Globally, one... They did used to rule the
0: world, you know. Right, right, right.
2: (laughs) Not much language barrier, Mm -hmm. but easy repatriation of funds and all that. And I worked through, amazingly, back then, I worked through some of the consul generals in Atlanta and Miami and Houston to help raise, although they're responsible for all the diplomatic uh, affairs, Mm -hmm. they're also responsible for creating business opportunities between home country and jurisdiction. Right. So the British Consul General at the time, Michael Bates and Martin Rickard, helped us with some introductions and we got this really large customer that uh, that had operations in 35 countries and we just started growing on the backs of that. Yeah. And then when that customer... Then had other folks on the call, then they would hear, hello, welcome to Morrison Conferencing. <laughs> and we would private label that for mm-hmm. that customer. Then we started getting their suppliers coming to us, and it was a really, really nice snowball effect. And, that's, and we we grew... The company to where we now have uh, operations in sixty-five countries.
0: How many British ladies does it take to do that for all those phone calls?
2: <laughs> one friend of mine, just one. That's right. She actually lives in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. She's from um, the Mayfair section of London. And when you call our conference access number, mm-hmm. you hear her. And one day, I just asked her. I said, "Would you read this into this microphone?" Right. And it it was one spot on, huh? And so spot on, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And about a year later, I was back visiting them in Liverpool, and she said, "Mark, how many people have heard me?" I said, "It's like on average, like two thousand people a day." Said, "Wow, oh wow, I should make a business out of that."
1: <laughs> <It's> really, sorry, <laughs> you missed that it's, boat. It's really cool. <laughs>
2: Sign yeah. here, please. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, um, uh, so really, it's it's doing business is, is the same when you go to uh, when you start scaling that large, or well, there's some adjustments there.
2: There, there are. You've got to look at, like I said, repatriation of funds. Mm-hmm. Some some countries will make you set up a company in that country. Right. And the issue is the taxation. You end yeah. up making profits there, but you're, but you need to get them back to the U S and bingo, they, they tax them there. And then when you send them back to the us, they tax them again. Right. So you need to look at countries where you don't have to do that. And there's ways that you decide, okay, where do we build? Do we build to countries that have easy repatriation mm-hmm. or do we set up a con- uh, another company there? You got to look at currency exchange. You got to look at market, um, uh, your market conditions, yeah. is, is the market um, fertile? Is it a new market? Where are your um, conversion rates? Yeah. Whenever we went to market in the UK, we were fighting it out, duking it out at three cents a minute conference call uh, uh, here in the US. But over there, the market was like, um, it, well, if it's, it was three pence a minute. Right. When you did the conversion, that was six cents. Yeah. So just- You've already doubled before you even came out of the gate. Exactly right. And when you do that, then you get to be a different level company because now you're a global company. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's all the way that you look at how you want to grow your business. Now, what happened with that? Now, when we started prospecting for new customers, it got very expensive. Sure. Now, I got a lot of frequent flyer points on that. (laughs) Delto and Hilton, very happy. Yeah. But your prospecting and your cost of sale- goes sky high. Right. So, but then that makes you concentrate on different size customer. Right. A global customer, not just like a local UK customer. Yeah. So So you're going after the big guys then. Yeah. It changes your dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. So uh,
0: does, and then, it just baffles me. Like when I started thinking things that big, my head just goes and just kind of doesn't work. But uh, you're talking different legalities for each country. You're talking about different ways of, of culture and dealing with, you know, making business deals and stuff. I mean, talk about a massive uh, culture shock and having to educate yourself. It's just
2: complete to, immersion. Yeah. Just yeah, to have to talk really to is, these guys. You, you better know how to do business in Birmingham or Birmingham. Yeah. In Rome, Georgia. Rome, Italy. Uh, He's Moscow. practiced that. I yeah. just totally practiced it's that. T- <laughs> and but you you have to know. Yeah, you have to know how to you know. And um, and you didn't have
0: Google, so how to? So you you look. Go old school. I
2: started when we didn't have an email. Yeah, I remember the first Alta Vista mm-hmm. was the uh, my first email was like one ninety six point thirty six point two zero eight at Compuserve. Mm-hmm. But Alta Vista was the first uh, search engine. Right. And. When we started Morrison, I had two partners. One I'm with, that last name that we use the M O R E, Mm -hmm. and me, Jackson. Well, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Alta Vista comes up, and then I start searching. Well, there's a Morrison Winery down in South Africa. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I thought I made the name up. Mm -hmm. And it's been a long time, 20 some odd years, but I finally gotten a bottle of Morrison wine (laughs) at my house. It's really cool. There you go. Yeah.
0: But then there's Morrison Healthcare. Right. Now there's yeah. Morrison the the cafeterias,
2: but not spelled the same. This Correct, M O R E S O N. Okay, right. Yes.
0: Okay, and then there's uh, I know there's Morrison grocery store in England too. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. they're they're big ones. So, um, well, you know, it's so a very neat perspective. I also wonder how does foreign policy really translate to compared to business? Like you read it and it it reads, but how does it translate when you're in business in business and actually having to follow those rules and stuff? Well, is it is it, it conducive to
2: growing? It is. Many times when you look at Policies that are being put out by a government, an administration. Mm -hmm. They're not really meant to affect you now, immediately. Right. They are, you've got to adjust, if you have to adjust, you have to adjust for what's in the future. Yeah. And um, trade tariffs, uh, a lot of Chinese companies, a lot of Japanese, let's talk, I'll I'll mention Japan Mm because I'm intimately familiar there. Um, Look at what Mazda Toyota did in Alabama. Instead of producing those, um, those cars in japan and sending them here Now mm-hmm. i'm not so sure that this is exactly why they decided to right do this. we're very very happy our secretary of commerce greg canfield and his group uh the um the mayor of huntsville tommy battle and all of their group the governor of the state of alabama did a wonderful job in showing that we had a a business climate conducive for them to f- take this partnership first ever between mm-hmm. two competing car companies in japan and come to alabama but what happens is now they're producing those cars that they would have produced in Japan. Hitting that tariff coming in, they're producing them here. Right. You don't, so, have, to, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to deal with that. Yeah. Service industries like mine, um, you've got to look around privacy issues. We had started to enter the market in China some years ago. And through relationships with some international lawyers, I said, look, your issue there is the Chinese government reserves the right to record every phone call that comes in or goes out. Like, really? Mm-hmm. And so, how does that fly in the face of our privacy issues right, here? Right. So, we never did pursue that direction.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: So, you have to look at what what, and why are governments putting these regulations on. Sometimes they're completely self serving, sometimes they're for their own economic benefit, yeah. like the speed traps between Birmingham and your beach here. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it is a uh, Gulf breeze. <laughs> and <laughs> And you have to look at that and adjust your business. And sometimes you look and say, well, that is not a market we're going to go into. Yeah. Because the um, the cost of entry is way too high. Yeah. So that's what you end up having to look at. So
0: it sounds to me like at some point you 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 probably surrounded yourself with a whole bunch of people that knew a whole bunch about this stuff. You? Oh,
2: yeah. And then I got to know a good bit of it yeah. as well. So, My, let me say this. Yeah. On our first anniversary we were taking a trip across country to go visit a potential customer. Right. And we were just about asleep, and I sat up and said, hey, wake up. What? I said, I got it. It's got to be toll-free. What? I said, the way that you get people in from another country to our conference calls, they, you got to eliminate international long distance. Yeah. And she said, okay, go back to sleep. Uh-huh. But you got to live it. <laughs> but write that down, please. <laughs> right, right. you got to live it, and you got to understand it and right. figure it out. But yeah, it's, you just have to immerse yourself in your business. Yeah. I've, my father didn't teach me to be a nine to five guy, punch a clock. And, um, it's yeah, it, the
0: work-life balance is not a thing. Right. It's not real. Exactly. It's, it's integration. I think if, if you're on the entrepreneur side or you own your own you're business, correct.
2: and I heard it said that owning your own business is like sleeping like a baby.
0: No. Yeah,
2: well, so <laughs> no, you win. You wake up every hour crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? that, exactly. that'll work. That'll right. work. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: It's a. It is definitely the emotional roller coaster that uh, I don't think anybody really warns you about. Well, or if they do, that you don't pay attention because you're you're excited right. about your business. Right. So
2: We have gone, and I feel like I'm always in this entrepreneurial effort because things in the service industry, especially technology and telecom, yeah. and the intersection of those, are constantly changing. Some years ago couple of companies figured out hey we could do conference calls and offer them for free Mm -hmm. and the way they did that is they started out with a little um, local exchange carrier over in iowa i believe it was and they started just terminating calls there with a toll free number Mm -hmm. and this became free conferencing and and these other companies like that but um they it was free to the customer but the internet the long distance companies we're having to pay right. a very, very high price sure. to get that call to terminate there. That now has now been through FCC regulation 1868 has now being phased out, it was called traffic pumping. And so now what's happening with us is saying, okay, we've got this group of customers now that works very well for us, mm-hmm. but now there's a whole lot of conferencing that's coming back on market. Now, when this when these businesses come back on market saying, well, we can't do this free stuff anymore, mm-hmm. um, now you have a different level of conference calling you didn't have 10 years ago, and that's the integration of online, right. web conferencing, embedded video. Yeah. How did that come about was very simple. When we started entering the Russian market,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: because we had a customer that had a lot of operations in Russia, we went over there and we found out that not many people were using landlines. They were using... Mm-hmm. A, a handheld. These kids you be to later. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, and they weren't doing it across standard telephone networks, they were doing it broadband because they had built out their broadband pipes so big yeah. and we were still so small. So now with the, with the build out of rural broadband networks, but great, great, great Wi Fi and internet connectivity, yeah. you can pump all of this traffic, be it audio. Uh, data and video which is extremely heavy. Yeah. But you've got enough bandwidth now to be able to do that. However,
0: so, that may not last very long from what I understand well, is that we are coming on board pretty quick.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. But it's it's this constant change that you've got to watch out for. Many times it's like, "Oh, I'll go on vacation and you come back and your whole neighborhood has changed." <laughs>
0: you need a vacation from vacation. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So it's this constant change and 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 it's complicated. If we only did business in the United States, that's it. Yeah, That's all. It's relatively easy. Yeah. But if you want to grow a global company, it gets complicated. So
0: you're almost you're almost forced to go after that, that larger pool of you are. of revenue stream just because you've kind of milked out the one that you got here. You're right. Which exactly. is hard to think with how many millions of people in the U.S. that you can tap out, but I, I would assume you just got to go for the big one, right?
1: That's correct. Hey, Mark, just uh, real quick, like you would mentioned, uh, Russia. doing business when we have some Russian guests in Pensacola today Uh, tell us the uh, business climate in Russia while you're talking you've got a lot of knowledge on that global aspect
2: Well, one to your Russian guest I would say the rest of the law I had a few years of Russian lessons and I'm not proficient but it's really cool to hold a conversation with a Russian in their language in Alabama because they don't expect that
0: you got to do it with a bottle of vodka in your hand.
2: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what, what I find that's interesting about Russia and the former Soviet blocs, y- y- you remember I had a meeting with President Gorbachev some years ago. Right. And when I told him what my company did, he said, look, your company could be the key to the success of companies in the former Soviet Union. It's, Mr. President, why do you say that? Because the key to global competition is global communication. And they got it. I mean huge country look at the time zones that they cover and to be able to conduct business in that country they almost had to have a global mindset anyway because they cover what seven uh 11 time zones mm-hmm. but go back in my lifetime i'm 56 years old we've gone from the enemy to being partners now to on the political side and you know it's not too cool to (laughs) talk about yeah i met with russians the other day or we've got russian visitors coming in but when you look at it from a business perspective it is all a global economy and i think that they at one point in there started driving that
0: okay you know it makes sense too I, I, i mean business is ultimately the vehicle that can that everybody's it's universal right so it can be used to move whatever you need to move and now, and the market is the is the playing field. That's so correct. you know, just got to be better than the next guy. A lot yes. of
2: times, people will say, "How can that be done?" Because the market allows it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got a company in Birmingham that I'm sure operates here now called Shipped, and Shipped started year uh, just a few years ago, mm-hmm. and you go online and order your groceries, and bingo, that afternoon they're at your house. Yeah. And Man,
0: I wish I'd invented that app.
2: Well, <laughs> what was it? Target came in and bought them for almost half a billion dollars. Yeah. A guy, Bill Smith, Birmingham, brilliant guy. He and his father just got together and said, okay, um, we got this new group of people who are out now in the workforce and they're, they're interested in apps. How do we put this together? Bingo. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. My wife was telling me the other day, she said, you, know, you don't really have to leave the house anymore. You we'll really don't. have to go shopping and look, pay less. Shut down, what, 21,000 stores yeah. in the process of doing yeah. it right now. Yeah. My thought is, why shut? Just shut the stores, but don't yeah. go bankrupt. Just put it all online. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. What, uh, uh, the, how's the saying go? It's uh, the largest hotel a company doesn't own a single hotel. Largest Best cab, Western. Lar, well, uh, Airbnb. Yeah, exactly. So, so right. largest cab company doesn't own a single cab. And then what was the largest retail store doesn't even – only has, like, a couple brick and mortars, right? That's correct. So, That's right. I mean, just uh, – it's amazing that there the barriers of entry are gone, right? So you no longer have to have the college degree or be from the right side of the tracks or any of that. That's right. You got a laptop, you pretty much got a shot in this in this day and age, you know, to make it happen. But um, but nothing replaces relationships and, in, in building those. And so talk to a little bit about that because I think that that is a skill that um, you either – got it or you're going to struggle with it for a really long time before you get it oh you're right
2: yeah you're exactly right we did I came down a, a few weeks ago and we got a chance to talk to some students in the entrepreneurial side of U.S. Uh, University of Northwest Florida they blew me away at, the, at how they knew I've got this, this, bu- this business idea how do I get it out to market and it's fact I've got to be personable mm-hmm. I, certainly a smart man knows everything but a wise man knows everybody yeah and the title of my talk really was Intersection of Business and Diplomacy. And it's not diplomacy knowing governmental regulations, it's how right. to work with other people. And if you want somebody to do business with you, you have gotta give them a reason to do that. And you've gotta understand why would they buy your product? Why would they use your service? Right. And the ability to just sit and eyeball to eyeball, handshake to handshake, and communicate on that level so many people who are coming out of our universities today don't get it. Mm-hmm. Their interpersonal communications are all by text. Right. And when you sit to have a blown-out conversation, they'll never look you in the eye. Yeah,
0: <laughs> let alone pick up a phone.
2: Right, exactly <laughs> right. But yeah. what do they do? They sit at home or they sit at the office and order their their, their groceries online, they order yeah. their shoes online. The The direction that that part of our society is pushing does not put together and, and foster those face-to-face yeah. communications. And then the groups that they do face-to-face with are all the same. Right. I, I, I My father taught me many, 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 many years ago is that you, you, you've you got to be you, but you've also got to be respectful of other people. Sure. And to do that, shaking somebody's hand, giving them their word about your word, about what you would yeah. do and following through with it is gold. Mm-hmm. And I fear... we're coming to a point where all of a sudden that's going to have to be relearned in a smack in the face. I think you're already
0: there. I think you have, you have the, the one side going down the direction you just mentioned. And then you have the other, the other side, the actual market moving in the direction of it's no longer, it doesn't matter what product you sell me because you're the product now. Right. It's, it's, it, it. the identification with the brand is only so deep these days, unless it's a, it's a, uh something you can relate to on that human level right and it's very business is becoming very personable um it's even with the internet and stuff it's still you want to have access to a person that's correct you know and like knowing trust right and i don't think that'll ever change
2: look at what chick-fil-a did yeah i mean my pleasure
0: yeah yeah, I think it's funny too. Nonverbal
2: <laughs>
1: and we're forgetting nonverbal yeah. communication. A lot of other cultures like Japan mm-hmm. taught us that. It's like 90%, read, right? It, look at Washington. What's yeah. the media do when they're always looking at for nonverbal expressions mm-hmm. to see if we're getting the truth from our politicians. Yeah. Yeah, nonverbal yeah. goes a long ways in business dealing. It's so, correct. And with Japan, Japan's got a, they're a pretty strict culture that
0: way, right? I mean, they have a lot of the personable stuff in their business culture. Very much. Yeah. Very
2: much. And they're they're very ordered. Yeah, I, which no I like. one told me this, but I this is my what I've coined and that is in Japan not just physically but in the culture. Everything has its place and there's a place for everything. It's a
0: mise en place.
2: Look, exactly. Tokyo, mm-hmm. 35 million people. <laughs> no trash on the street. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So it can't be done yes, by the way. <laughs> exactly. And what happens is when they have a rapper from a cookie or a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. Put it in your pocket. When you get home or get to the office, there's a trash bin there. Don't just throw it out on the ground. Complete respect. And that is, that word respect, it's what I see that drives that that country and that culture. And it's respect for Mother Nature, Mm -hmm. for Mother Earth, for your mother, for your father, for the organization that you're a part of. To know that you have a place to play in that entire spectrum and it's all about respect.
0: I, I think they have a better grip on the collective.
2: Yes. You know,
0: that we're all working to that same goal and then they can separate the ego from, you know, uh, not that there's anything wrong with being yourself and all of that, but people that work towards a common goal build great things. right? Exactly. Right. You're hundred so,
1: percent right. Yeah. And look how much the U S spends on the environmental. Yeah. And yeah. we're still throwing trash on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Although so, in all fairness, we have a lot more borderland. land. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: um, so, uh, you know, as you've gotten into the Japan stuff, but let's talk about some of the other things. Just you've you've got quite the um, genre of, of places you've worked for and things that you've done. I can imagine your skill set's probably pretty incredible. But but you've been all over the board. So tell us a little bit about some of your experience.
2: Well, I found out some years ago that you better be prepared to give back to your community. And I got involved with a couple of small charities. One of them really cool it was the oldest baseball park in the world which is located in birmingham alabama mm-hmm. at one time until the brave stadium was built we had the oldest ballpark rickwood field mm-hmm. and the newest ballpark regents field i've been to both of them it's, and and they're great they're great places um the history mm-hmm. that exists at rickwood field is amazing and to say i've got relationships in japan where baseball is really, huge. really big. right huge for an ambassador, a uh, head of a company, a mayor, to come to Birmingham and take them to the legendary Rickwood Field, mm-hmm. it's just major. Yeah. It's cultural. I've been... We, which, we,
0: which they know about, too. I'm always amazed at how much uh, uh, the citizens of other countries that I go to know about America and about America. Like, things that like I didn't know about my community, they knew, you know? Right. Because they, they dig. I think they dig a little bit deeper, I think, than the surface.
2: I served on a board in Birmingham of an organization uh, that called Kid One Transport. And what they do is they, they're supported by Mercedes and others, but Mercedes provides the vehicles for Kid One to go out into distressed areas mm-hmm. to bring children to their doctor appointments. That's, that is truly making a difference. Yeah. I believe that when you die you better have left this place a better place sure. than you found it. Sure. And if you did, and I'm not talking about changing the world as a whole, but you change the world of one person. You change your world. You change the world around you. Yeah. It doesn't take it's much. The butterfly effect. Yeah. It doesn't take much to do. Uh, my wife has, has chatted me sometime about why do you serve on all these boards? And I told her it is something inside me. And I know where it came from. It came from my mother and father mm-hmm. is... It, there's something in me that wants to be a part of the greater good. Yeah. Now you think you go to board meeting, you know, three hours a month, yeah. you could be producing some revenue for your family. Yeah. Well, look, produce your revenue, sure. find out where you need to be, but help out your fellow man. Yeah. And if there's an opportunity to do that on a global scale, uh, that's even yeah.
0: better. Yeah. Well, and, and, and one of the things I always uh, remind people, some of the interns and stuff that go through is there's other kinds of revenue besides money. Exactly. Right. There's emotional return. There's, there's that investment that, that you're, you're right. You're, you're part of something greater than yourself. The, uh, fifty one forty nine is what I tell my kids. 51 give 49 take. There you, you go. Know, if you live by that, then, then you're going to be just fine. That's good. Um, so, and the next right thing, I always think that's a good one for them to stick in their head.
2: Dan Cathy at Chick-fil-A has, uh, this presentation he made. It's called the second mile, mm-hmm. not the extra mile, but it's about, um, How the Romans expected the Jews to carry their bags for one mile. Right. Okay. That was what was required. You don't have to do any other. You carry my stuff Mm -hmm. for one mile. But now you voluntarily go the second mile, which makes you a servant leader. Right. And I think when you and this is not a not a um, commercial for Chick Fil A, but Dan Cathy is a very personal friend of mine. But the culture that they built around there, literally, I go back to say, my pleasure. And it is a pleasure to go into a Chick-fil-A versus some other fast food places. Mm-hmm. And it's healthy, as healthy as fast food sure. can get. But it is build that, building that, cu- that culture of saying, I will go the second mile yeah. for you.
0: So uh, uh, previous to all this, I was a chef for 25 years in, in the hospitality industry. And I always said, great service can make up for bad food. Yeah. Bad food can never make up for great service. Or go. good food can never make up for for bad service. right And it's the truth. I think uh man, sometimes you could just sell ice to an Eskimo if you, if you're just personable enough, right? I mean, yeah. I don't need this, but be, I like you so much, I'm going to buy it anyway. So, um, what do you think has led to so much success with the the industry and the business that that you've been able to bring into Alabama's been able to bring into their to their uh what do I call it? Their their net, their web. Their global y- Yeah. Web. yeah. Because it's growing
2: big. It it is. You look at, there's many factors, but they all interconnect, build on each other. The education system in Alabama. Um, We've got a phenomenal two-year college system. We've got a phenomenal four-year college system. We've got a phenomenal um, UA system. Auburn University in the engineering is top-notch, mm-hmm. but my son goes and he's in computer science at University of Alabama, Huntsville. Very specialized in the engineering and, and technology computer yep. side of things. And, and you take a, a human through some really good public school systems, and you, uh, or private school systems, but the public school systems, and then you take them into and, and, and your idea is don't lose them to New York to go to college. Right, sure. Keep them in-state. So that means that you've got to create that two-year college system, that four-year college system mm-hmm. that prepares them for a job. Okay, now they step out of the job. Bingo, there is graduation. Everything's cool. Where do I go? Yeah. Oh, do I go to New York?
0: Yeah, the missing piece.
2: Alabama has gotten very good over the last 20-some-odd years through their administrations, their economic development directors and all of creating a business climate in where you don't have that talent drain going outside the state. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, certainly you create the workforce development within those, those colleges within those areas. Um, That means that people take pride in what they're doing. I remember whenever Hyundai was looking at coming down to Montgomery, Mm -hmm. the, some of the folks. Wait a minute. We got this foreign country that is coming here. Mm-hmm. They we fought them. No, get your history right. Mm-hmm. This not Hyundai. Is not right. the North Koreans. Right. This the capitalist. <laughs> Even aside. then, that was fifty years ago. By right. right. Exactly. <laughs> <Let's> move on. <laughs> exactly right. But the it is training your people to stay in your state mm-hmm. and be a part of that local economy that is present on a global scale. Yeah. And and I, go, I can go back to Bob Riley. I can go back to Bob James. I can go back to the economic development directors <coughs> through there. And the economic development that, that we have today, uh, very good in changing from Alabama Development Office title mm-hmm. to Department of Commerce, Greg Canfield. the a great guy from Vestavia, mm-hmm. where I grew up. As a city councilman, owned an insurance company, knew what it mean, meant to grow a business and he partnership with governor ivy and others throughout the state have just created this atmosphere that is inviting mm-hmm. to businesses to grow. Yeah. And it's what you had and it was purposeful. Yeah. It was not by accident. Right. It was a, it was designed to do that. Uh, Department of Commerce has coined this Made in Alabama. Not made in in the USA. Right. Made in Alabama. Sure. And that is the pride of we've got technology going out of Alabama we got cars going Alabama out of Alabama we got wood chips going Alabama but guess what they're all made in Alabama right and people should take a look for look at so
0: is that something that is Duplicate is it duplicatable? Is that the right word? Replicatable, replicatable. Um, to with other states, whether they, whether they're southeast or northeast, or is I, it something that can just turnkey and move?
2: I think it is, and it's. And let me say this: some people may be listening and say, "Oh, it's all about incentives." No, it's not all about incentives. Sure. It's creating yeah. a quality workforce. You've done it here in Northwest Florida. Yeah. The advantage that you have here is you've already, by, by accident, you've got. A global entity here, the military. Yeah. And your economy feeds into and out of that military, that, that military economy. Yeah. yeah. And it is wonderful. Northwest Florida has done a great job of putting itself on the world stage, but also creating tourism for us to come down mm-hmm. and stay and stay at your hotels, one of the best beaches, second to South Alabama. Pensacola Beach. And it's always been wonderful yeah. here. The people are inviting, but you come down and you you go somewhere and you spend fifty five dollars on a meal. That's fifty five dollars you didn't have, but you right. had to create that atmosphere for us to do it. Yeah. But I believe that Pensacola, Northwest Florida, Mississippi, um, Iowa, Washington, the United States has got this can do attitude of saying, "Look, we are." A global superpower. Right. Militarily, yes. But we are a global superpower from a business perspective because we have invested in our people yeah. to make opportunities for them on a global scale. Yeah. Does that answer that yeah, question? Yeah, absolutely. Is that? Well, absolutely.
1: another thing that I saw, Mark, too, in Birmingham, we going back to nonverbal, too, I noticed y'all train a lot of your economic representatives like y'all. You offer a training like on German yes. culture. Japanese culture, I saw that. I really wanted to attend those programs. I wasn't able to. That's, I don't see that going on in a lot of economic development communities around the country.
2: Well, Alabama-Germany Partnership, which mm-hmm. is what you're talking about. Yeah. They have this program. I believe it's once a month, once every two months, called Stomtisch, which really gets the German community and the American community together, and they speak German at a restaurant. Japan American Society of Alabama, which is where I, I'm, I'm affiliated with very closely, has created an atmosphere to where the Japanese companies that come over who bring their executives over and their families, wait a minute, we're in Alabama. Uh, We're all the Japanese. Will Japan American society of Alabama make sure that they connect that. So it's, it, it all intertwines. It doesn't exist in a silo and that's how you, that's how you grow your state, your city, your community, on a global scale,
1: you got to get to stop thinking like a silo. That's
2: yeah, sure, exactly. That's sure. that's and right. I think
1: that's where Alabama has really expanded. We, and we don't see that kind of training and uh, education going on in yeah. our economic development community. The sort of the, 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 ro- yeah. the
0: roadmap sort of just laid yes. out for you, and you can yeah. kind of go from, from place to place. What, uh, how much would you say, if you could, statistically speaking, uh, percentage wise, is it the relationship versus the actual business that's at hand?
2: Look, it's one hundred percent first yeah. the relationship. Yeah, but then once you make that relationship, you better be able to back it up with a quality. Yeah, product so you got to
0: deliver, got to execute, yeah. right? Exactly.
2: Yeah, because if it screws up, they now know who to come to,
0: right, or not come to, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 What do you so, think were um, uh, some of the infrastructure challenges with Alabama with bringing in larger companies when, when everybody decided let's go, you know, hunting on the global thing? What What were some of those challenges you think? Road yeah
2: rail um i think and, and keep in mind this is from a globalist perspective mm-hmm. we don't have good public transportation, yeah Birmingham city two hundred thousand people um but a metro area of over a million people you have a very you have a bus system yeah you don't have a light rail system, I live southeast of town, and if I go into town at certain hours a day, it'll take me an hour or sure. so to get there that's 30% of the time it takes me to get here. Yeah. But you've got to invest in that. And that has been some Al- Alabama's challenges. Yeah. You go from the you go from snow literally snow to sunshine in one day in Alabama. Yeah. Um but you can't go from Birmingham to Mobile on a train. Right. Cuz it right. only runs to New Orleans. Yeah. I would like to see that changed. Yeah. Um,
0: You've been, obviously, you've been across the the world. London is probably my favorite place for public transportation. Exactly. Like, they've got it down, whether it's the train, the the tube, the cabs, the buses. I mean, you can get, you don't even have to own a car.
2: Well, and when they tell you that train will arrive at 1127, it's (laughs) at (laughs) 1127, and it will depart at 1133. That's right. And if you're not on it, you miss it. (laughs) It's gone. Yeah. It is precise. Yeah. Exactly. That's, That's the challenges that we see that I believe that we see in Alabama from my perspective is, is just that is the movement of people and goods. Yeah. And
0: do you think it's just because there's so much landmass? It's, it's, it's a huge investment. I, th-
2: I think it's a huge investment, but it is the fact that you've got to get rid of the legacy systems that are in place. Yeah. Charlotte, North Carolina, a few years ago decided they would put a light rail across, uh, across their city. Mm-hmm. And it, you have people in affluent neighborhoods, who are riding tra- trains with people who are not from affluent neighborhoods, and they're going to work together downtown. Right, and it doesn't matter about hey, I'm better than you. I'm because sure. because my train seat is the same as yours. It's right. not my Audi versus your Bentley versus his 35 year old 35-year-old mm-hmm. Mazda or something. Yeah, it 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 puts you right there together and. I'm a big fan of public transportation.
0: Yeah, uh, St. Louis, when they finally finished theirs, uh, it's been fantastic. So, yeah. again, another place with great public transportation. For public
2: transportation area. doesn't fail.
0: No, well, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. If it does, there's usually a backup not far behind it, you know. <laughs> um, what do you see uh, next in your in your future? Like, what's the, the next big project you're working on?
2: Oh, um, We'll come talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) But it is a- a, Top secret. It it is a global company. Yeah. That will assist you from a health perspective when um, you're either home or around the world or across the country or across the state or across town. And um, it, it solves a problem that is not being addressed directly. Yeah. And it, and it came out of a personal issue that I had when I was traveling.
0: You know, I, I I think probably, I can't even give you a percentage, but so many businesses, so many products have happened that way. Yeah. Yeah. Solve a problem, you can make money. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you make the world better. Right. A better place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, provided it's a better problem, I guess.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so, um, uh, where do you go from here? You, you off to the
2: to Japan duties or... or I've got a couple of phone calls with some folks in Japan on the way home back yeah. to Birmingham. Uh, I was just in Mobile over the weekend for the International Camellia Festival. The Camellia Flower, right. which I've known since I was in kindergarten was our state flower. But I never knew that it came from Japan.
0: Yeah, yeah. You and enlightened me on that one too.
2: It was it was really cool to watch these people that are really into this. Met a lady who lives in London, who's from Des Moines, Iowa, who's in charge of this organization. Uh, I met a guy named um, George Sawada. Mm -hmm. George Sawada's grandfather was Kay Sawada, who is the guy that was one of those ones who brought that flower over here and created all these different hybrid species of it. Yeah. I never knew this, Uh -uh. that there was so much Japan in Alabama. No, where do I end up today? End up at home with my 17-year-old who plays a wonderful basketball player, baseball player, and my wife... We're gonna have dinner at the house. It's been a lot of travel this week. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, believe it or not, it does get a little old sometimes, doesn't it? There's and nothing like a home cooked meal. It's
2: right, but but somewhere around three o'clock, uh, we have an opportunity with this customer from Morrison Conferencing. Mm-hmm. It's chair and CEO. It's me with that conversation to convince them that we're a better fit for their their yeah. firm. So it's constant churn.
0: Yeah, I like the fact that though that even at the top of your company, you're still the one on sales calls.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So, I mean, and that's good. I don't think that's not because you don't trust your team. I think that that's just how invested you are in making sure that it works.
2: Nothing happens till something gets sold. Yeah. And look, we've got folks that understand our network. Uh, I understand it. I helped build it. But I don't understand how, how to make it work. Right. You know, if I can flip on a light switch and bingo, see the light come on. I have right. no idea what happens between those. Yeah. <laughs> nor, nor am
0: I touching either one of those <laughs> wires. Right. That's right.
2: We <laughs> yeah. have great people in our customer service department, yeah. great people in our finance, our billing department, our collections department, and all that. They, but they don't ever have anything to do till something gets sold and you've got a new customer or yeah. growth in an existing customer. And whether you're a diplomat, an ambassador, a business person, you've got to constantly be selling. Yeah. And that's, that's how I view it and that's kind of my life. Yeah. yeah. I
0: think, uh, uh, and this was one of the epiphanies I had moving from the culinary world into the entrepreneurial world, but uh, you're always selling. Whether yeah. you know it or not, You're always selling, whether it's just how you look and, you know, how you feel going out during the day or it's the widget, you're constantly having to sell something.
2: And have you ever noticed that it's your, it's your attitude that determines your success? Absolutely. Sometimes, you oh golly, there's that guy, he's constantly complaining, I don't want to go over there. Or like, wow, just his personality is infectious. Yeah. And men and women alike, you, you gravitate to people who are pleasurable to be around and that's how you that's that's who you choose yeah. to do business with.
0: Yeah, well, we are pleasure-seeking creatures, so very much makes sense. If anybody was, because we're getting to the end of time here. So, first of all, thank you very much for spending all of the valuable time that I know it, uh, is very valuable to you with us here today. Um, if anybody wants any more information on all of the things that you work in, where can we send them to?
2: Well, morsen dot ncom m o r e s o n com, uh, and we're always looking for new customers. So, info at Morrison com and. Um, you know, whether it's a conference call you need for your Florida Association or your global company or your U.S., whatever, we're here to serve. Um, and then just keep an eye on what goes on in the southeast about uh, Japan and its involvement and its growth. Yeah. Uh, I am. My father, whenever he found out that I was going to be the get the appointment, he passed away a few months before it actually happened. But he said, you know, the world has changed for the better. I fought the Japanese in World War II. And right. my son will be their diplomat. And what a great thing to see. What a
0: good way to look at it. In
2: his lifetime. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. The the marriage of two two warring countries. Yeah. Building two of the strongest economies together. Yeah. It's what is wonderful to watch. And I am I'm blessed. I'm pleased. I'm honored to be a part of that process.
0: Yeah. Very cool. I, I am quite amazed as as Stan introduced me to this world. How much business happens between us and japan yeah. in, in alabama and japan it's 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 and it's not just trips to disney world like with cameras and stuff. that's right there's legitimate like aerospace and like really good stuff going on so uh that's uh, very neat but um again thank you for hanging out with us today i appreciate Friend, it
2: i like what you're doing and thanks for letting me play your 12 straight
1: yeah see <laughs> See, just get him with the guitar, man. That's right. We're gonna so, have him on your in your studios now. Yeah, for band night. I know. And first night with the, I mean, first day with the new
0: setup too. So thanks for breaking it in for us. So.
2: Arigato gozaile.
0: See, there he goes. My dad would say, "You do and you clean it up." <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you guys, you can find us at Pecola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Pecola VRX on Facebook, or you can find us on our website at businessradiox.com, or on our live stream at businessradiox.live. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good, and you're working. Matters. <laughs>